Chapter Nineteen of From Sunrise Land Letters from Japan by Amy Carmichael. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Nineteen With One Bear Telling. We would be melted by the heat of love, by flames far fiercer than are blown to prove and purge the silver ore adulterate. Yonago, May 14th. Across the cornfields lies a little brown-roofed village, inhabited by a fraternity of beggars. The story of its opening is a beautiful proof that the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation to every one that believeth, be though whomsoever they may. The beggar people, like the Etta, live in hamlets by themselves, and are looked down upon by the Japanese in general one day mary went to the poor little place and spoke to those who listened then she tried to interest the yonago christians in it but they feared it would be no use christianity needed thought these people could not think they knew nothing besides which they spoke a patois of their own and would not understand proper speech however it ended in the head catechist going there and becoming impressed with the opening and the need and now some of the earnest young christians have taken it up a little room is being built and all promises well the people themselves take a keen interest in the proceedings and yesterday when lizzie went she found excitement prevailing some opposers had threatened to burn down the new room the beggars had turned out and defended their property with such effect that the insurgents thought it wisest to retire last week we went to a large silk factory and after interviewing the foreman invited the girls to come to us for a meeting about fifty did and all promised to return but to-night instead of them we find a board posted upon our front door caricaturing the whole affair and ridiculing the girls for coming we hear the town is similarly placarded our gentle timid girls must be tremendously in earnest before we can expect them to face that again our daily bible class progresses the boys are deeply enjoying tracing with me the unfolding of the great plan of redemption in type and prophecy oh that one could help them more the first year away from books and friends teaches one how precious every atom of bible knowledge is and how very little one possesses may eighteenth we have come to our village for a few days work i believe we are going to have a solemn time for we have had it in our own souls first be ye clean that bear the vessels of the lord speak unto aaron and his sons that they separate themselves from the holy things of the children of israel and that they profane not my holy name in those things which they hallow unto me i am the lord these words have been speaking to us far better in its place the lowliest bird should sing aright to him the lowliest song than that a seraph strayed should take the word and sing his glory wrong may nineteenth we are not in our usual room this time the honourable mr silkworms have it when the hotel folk told us this bowing profusely the while and we answered that it did not matter christians did not mind such little inconveniences their satisfaction was supreme they have given us a downstairs room near the kitchen and the old proprietor finds it convenient to creep in and out at intervals it's an ill wind etc he wants to hear the doctrine but fears the result of accepting it poor old man will somebody pray for him 
Today my food ran short, and I hazarded poultry. They caught a full-grown specimen and brought it to be interviewed. It was a small black-feathered thing, wrapped up in a blue cotton handkerchief. It blinked at me, it kicked, it audibly protested. I never saw so unresigned a chicken. But hunger steeled my heart. I described the process necessary from now till then. They professed comprehension and departed. Presently it reappeared, stuck upon a dish in so suggestive an attitude that I literally retreated. It looked exactly as though it were going to jump at me. It had come straight from the pot, ghastly, gaunt, and cavernous, a case of beauty unadorned and indigestible. I tried to tackle that bird, but it was altogether too realistic. And so closed dinner, and so closes story. May 21st. Once again we are waiting at the little hotel by the lake. The tiny garden yard at the rear looks so pretty and bright, and our hostess has brought in a vase of flowers for our special delectation. How these Japanese will enjoy heaven! They seem capable of so much more pleasure than most. A subtle power of delight is theirs, his gift, surely, who gave us the flowers, those beautiful smiles of God. We have had, as we knew we should have, a sacred season of quiet in his presence at our village. At one of the Bible readings, instead of taking notes as they usually do, one of the men sat with his face covered, silently praying. Afterwards, he spoke, for some time I have been full of thought about this. Our message for them, which was indeed just his for us, about holiness and our holy things, by God's special grace did I hear this morning, and my soul has fed. One would not be surprised should the Spirit of God come upon this man, as upon men of old, and use him mightily. That is Japan's need today. Prophets of her own, who, Elijah-like, will dare to stand and face the crowd, and dare to bear the after-silence of the desert, for marked out for a lifelong loneliness is the man who is the voice. This man came to me with a question I never heard mooted before. Some time ago, at a large meeting in a village where the gospel had never been preached, pictures were used to help to explain the message, and among them was one of our Saviour. The people looked eagerly. Care was taken to guard them from mistake as to it, but the fact remained they had seen a picture of the foreigner's honourable God. From that time, doubts as to this mode of work in heathen lands came to me. Power to pray for blessing upon it was not given, and as whatsoever is not of faith is sin, I discontinued using any pictures of our Lord. But as others older and wiser could and did, one could not judge at all, and until that afternoon I did not get the question satisfactorily settled. Then through one of those guidances which afterwards one understands, it was once more forced upon me. The doubt came to a head, and he showed me clearly that in view of the possible dishonour and misunderstanding which such use might occasion, I was not to touch this natural mode of help, but trust entirely to the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to do the whole work. And the thought also came, as we cannot truthfully paint that sacred face, because the Godhead in it is beyond all human mind to conceive, or art to enshrine, have we any right to paint it at all? Is it perfectly reverent to try? And to me the one answer seemed no, an added reason to prevent one's using prints and drawings made to sell. This point was no sooner clear to my mind than the very same question rose among the Christians, who had called to take us to a meeting, 
and for the first time i heard it mentioned one saying he had felt uneasy about it for some time while another said he had spoken to no one but gone to god about it and had got it in his heart these words pictures of his son to god were not good they turned to me and i was glad for that still time with him about it just before one could answer them as he had taught one then my dear brother p son is at our village now he has left school and given his life to the fight you will know what a gladness this is to me pray that he may be christ's good soldier kept true and earnest and all for him our dearly loved young christians young in the faith at least most of them are older than we are and one is a great-grandmother are doing well and learning daily from h san who shepherds them faithfully he is preparing them for baptism they all know the lord's prayer a good deal of the new testament and can sing numbers of hymns i am longing to know when they will be declared proved and tried but don't ask the staid h san for fear of seeming in a hurry this time of testing is important and the native christians are the best judges as to its duration but one longs that the gift of the discerning of spirits should be given again then the same hour of the night which saw their acceptance of the inward and spiritual grace might see them sealed with the outward and visible sign as it is we must wait till time has proved what our eyes cannot now see clear enough to read as i write the voices of men raised high in dispute over some game of chance in the next room to ours remind us where we are and why we are on the king's service let us buy up the opportunity ere it pass and is lost we spoke to them and gave them books it was all we could do they are reading them now may their words sink deep our pleasant hostess comes in with tea we talk to her but she knows it she says as we pay her she tosses a coin to the idol on the shelf it falls into a box and rattles what good does it do we ask her she doesn't know but it is the custom will you leave all that money there she laughs oh no when it has lain in the box a while she will take it back again then it is only pretense oh no it is the custom and this is all she knows or seems to know and she is one for whom christ died it is night once more and the mail goes to-morrow so i close with a sketch from a japanese design which one comes across everywhere in fretwork and friezes and tinted transparencies and loveliest by far in real life in the sunset on the lake note in both editions available to the reader pages one fifty four and one fifty five are missing one fifty six jubilant you dear home heroes and heroines his hidden ones in hidden service spent you may not share the gladness of this life of tidings tellings now but surely afterward the glory for you will be double i love to think of the surprises awaiting you then last night's meeting for example it was yours far more than ours god seeth not as man seeth with morning we blithely departed the road was broken they told us and no kuruma could run so we walked and thereby reached many we should otherwise have passed m san had a long talk with a dear little woman who had never heard before and our baggage coolie meanwhile opened out to me telling me last night's hearing was his first and that it all seemed so thick to him i taught him john three sixteen which he struggled through bit by bit till it was fairly in sometimes when the sun seemed hot and the way long 
it was such a compensation to remember this could not have been had we been kurumaing in the afternoon we had a little meeting and gave away many books we went off the road proper at times and found the loveliest nooks among the woods where in simplest rusticity dwelt a people gracious and winsome eager to know the why and wherefore of our visit and yet so concerned lest we should be weary with the heat and roughness of the way that they would hardly question us till we were seated in the shade one could only wish and wish again for a hundred lives instead of one to pour out upon them all can you think how hard it is to leave place after place with the one bare telling and now tonight we are waiting here having shown ourselves and spread by means of children manifold that we have come to tell every one who wants to hear of the one true god who loves them the people seem very busy but if indeed he is going before we know he will draw the hearts he has prepared and the meeting will not be in vain a young priest has just come in must stop yes we had a good time our room soon filled and the shinto ex-priest with whom we had been talking offered us his fancy a priest doing that he had been obliged to leave the fraternity owing to illness and having heard about the new foreign religion was keen to hear more oh how simple it all is when our lord arranges it for us one gets so accustomed to surprises that one ceases to be surprised it is just like him that is all not until nearly ten o'clock did the people begin to muster a funny little bit of by-play was enacted just before i went into the big dark kitchen sort of place to make a cup of liebig hoping thereby to keep awake for in spite of all my efforts i was very sleepy while the kettle was boiling it got wind somehow that the honourable stranger was going to honourably dose her honourable interior and this drew the meeting how they crowded round and watched while i mixed the brown stuff with a chopstick and then handed round a diluted portion thereof for their august benefit it certainly worked as a charm for between it and the inspiration derived from a packed room of eager and sometimes excited listeners i forgot all about bed till after one a m when once more its shadow fell upon me and hardly staying to see the last of our audience and not staying at all to divest myself of anything i lay down suddenly came a crack in the wall so it sounded and i sat up again we were wanted the paper dividing our room from the next was slightly opened would we deign to partake of the honourable tea which meant will you come and talk to us so we went for these were people worth going to as who is not one our ex-priest friend the other a buddhist and he said this before this time i heard the doctrine spoken of i hated it greatly but i hated it without an understanding of its real teaching i was judging a cake before tasting it this was not just oh how one longed that he might taste and see that the lord is good no doctrine merely but the blessed lord himself both priests accepted testaments and one of them invited us to go to his village promising to gather the meeting for us himself it seemed too good to be true but it is a long way off and we cannot go at present can you wonder and blame us for ever and ever reiterating re-echoing the cry come over and help us the harvest is great but the labourers are few can you marvel that we pray with our whole hearts o great lord of the harvest thrust forth more labourers into thy harvest but what if this prayer christ inspired though it be fall back upon us 
because God cannot answer it, because we will not have it so. Is it nothing to you, O ye Christians? Will ye pass by and say, it is nothing, we cannot aid them? You can give or go or pray. You can save your soul from blood guiltiness, for in lands you never trod. The heathen are dying every day and dying without God. Is it nothing to you, O ye Christians? Dare ye say you have not to do? All over the world they wait for the light, and is this nothing to you? End of chapter 19 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine